Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Would you do something with me? Would you just exhale? Or maybe you should inhale first. So would you inhale first? (laughs) So you're like, I just did. Now exhale, just let it go. Sometimes we need to do that. We need to realize, thank you for that prayer, Justin. Um... Because we're in we're in the series emoji, and um, and we're talking about the the second one today. Back here behind the drums, it looks like it's about to sing a, a song. Um, but over here, it's the stressed out, the the um, the freaked out emoji. If you remember, if you were here last week, I, I about six six weeks ago, two months ago maybe on Facebook, I just said, "Hey, tell me the emojis you, you use the most." And these were the top four that came back. Um, and so last week we talked about anger, the third one there. And today we're talking about this one, this this just um, crazed. <laughs> uh, no, that would be the final one. Uh, but this just just stressed out um, emoji. And, and so I want us to talk today about stress. And I actually, I just want us to look at, at, um, at one verse out of, well, we're going to look at several verses, but our, our home base for this comes out of Isaiah this morning. And to see what God's word has to say, what God's word has to teach us, to show us about stress. But when you think about this word stress, the first thing that we need to realize is that um, it's, it's impossible to avoid. It's absolutely impossible for us to live a life that is stress-free. It's not, it, it's not possible. It's not real. And, and the reality is, is there's some things that happen in life that are positive stresses. Um, uh, you would think going on vacation, you would hope is a positive stress, but you got to get everything done before you can go. And then you know there's going to be stuff to do when you get back. But it's stressful, but you're going on vacation, so that's a positive stress. You know, if you were to start a new job, that's a, that's a positive stress. Um, but it's something new and, and involved. And so there's this, there's this stress. Becoming a parent is a positive stress, you would hope, that it is a positive thing. It is a whole new world of stresses, Abby, that are about to come upon you, my friend. Um, having a second child, Lauren, which you will have by next Sunday, because you're going to have her on Thursday, correct? Yes. So having a second child is a whole, those are positive stresses, right? So there are things that happen that are stressed, but then we know, most of us know, because when we think of the word stress, we think of all the negatives, but there's positive stresses that happen. But there's the negative stresses. There are the things that are just too much, and, and we can just, they can get so excessive that, that it causes real problems. Uh, we, we see this in our lives. I, I don't think I have to, any, this is news to any of you, but we can, have you ever been so stressed out that you've gotten sick? Um, have you ever been, well, don't raise your hand on this one because maybe you don't want to admit it. You can go to a meeting for this. But a lot of times people's addictive behaviors really kick into high gear under extreme stress, whatever those addictive behaviors may be. Some people, when they get really stressed out, they don't sleep at all. And other people sleep too much. This is what happens when the, the negative stresses in our life are there. Um, a lot of people just kind of check out 
lose interest in everything under extreme stress. It's like their, it's like their mental, I don't know, way of just being, I can't deal, so I'm just going to kind of, I will be physically present, but that's all you're getting from me. You know, that's a, 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 an example of this excessive stress. Um, this doesn't happen to me at all, but increased impatience or irritability. Um, the, you know, under extreme excessive stress, this happens. These tense relationships we have with our loved ones or with our coworkers, the people we're around a lot, this increases with this excessive stress. Just kind of, you know, some people just check out. Some people just kind of phone it in, you know, it's with school, with work. I'm just going to be there. I'm just clocking in. I'm showing up. You know, that, that idea. But there's, if there's one thing that we need every day of our lives, it's this. It's the ability for us to endure stress. And if you notice, I said endure because it's going to be there. Stresses are going to be there. Stresses are going to be there. They're, they're going to be there. Stress is just a part of life. And I, if you show me, if you point out a person that you say they have a stress-free life, I'm, I'm willing to bet that they are under heavy doses of like horse tranquilizers, and they have completely lost uh, connection with reality. Because there's, there's no such thing as a stress-free life. And so here's what God's word has to say about this. Because stress is very real. As cute as the emoji is, stress is very real. It's a very real thing. So here's what God's word says out of Isaiah 41, verse 10. This is our home base today. We're going to look at several verses, but this is it. We're going to take this verse and we're going to look phrase by phrase at what God wants to teach us today about enduring stress. It says this, from the NIV, I'll read that first, and I want to read another version next. But the NIV says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my, with my righteous right hand. I like how the message words it. It says this, don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. Keep a firm grip on you. So what does this verse, this, this verse have to say to us? So let's look at the first one. It's this. Don't fear. Do not fear. Don't panic. This is the very first one I want us to look at together. And it made me think as I, was, as I read that one, I don't know how many of you paid attention, but um, the, the world was supposed to end a couple weeks ago. I, I don't know if you got the news flash, but according to a lot of people, the, the world was supposed to end because the, the moon turned red and, and the calendars and numbers. And, and, and it seems like every you know six months to a year, someone's predicting that the world will end. And, and so there was the blood moon and there's all this. And so when we hear, you know, you think about this, you know, what if the sky is falling? You know, what if, what, you know, there's going to be blood moons. So, so I need to be a little bit afraid. You know, what if I don't forward the picture of Jesus on Facebook? What if I don't share this? What if I don't like and share? What's going to happen? There's this fear that people live under. And, and it's, it's almost it, fear and anxiety creates this unnecessary fear. And it just made me think about this whole end of the world thing. And, and I had someone come in my office and they were like, listen, I'm really freaked out about this. And I don't consider myself a great theologian by any stretch. But this is what I said to them. Take it for what you will. 
God's going to show back up again. Jesus will return. He said so, and I believe it. But ever since Jesus left, people have been saying, he's coming back. And thus far, and, and, and in that, they've been, they use these scare tactics, and thus far, none of those people have been right. And so instead of living under fear, what I want to do, what I try to do, sometimes I succeed at, is I want to be able to lay my head on my pillow every evening and, and hope that I've lived a life that's worthy of, of the name Christian. And so that if he comes while I'm sleeping, I'm ready. If he comes in the middle of the day, it's okay. But instead of living under fear, I want to live under a hope and promise. And, and um, what was interesting is this person that talked to me and was really freaked out, I mean seriously, like losing sleep, worried about this. I shared that with them, and, and they were like, okay, okay, and I shared some more verses with them. And here's the interesting part about this fear thing, is that what this person started doing is instead of being afraid and just focusing on fear, they just started reading scripture more and more and more. And today, three weeks later, they are in a much deeper place in relationally with God than they've ever been in their life because they didn't choose fear. They didn't choose the, oh, the sky is falling. They, they chose the promises of God and that hope in that. Do not fear. Don't panic. Psalm 34, 4. I, I know I've shared this with you before. It was one of those kind of anchor verses for me as a new Christian. And it says this, For I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. I mean, this is exactly what this person is, is in the process of doing, of seeking the Lord. You know, we, get, we, get really, we can be really stressed out and have extreme anxiety due to fear, a fear of things that we have no control over. We have no idea what's coming. We, we, ha- we can't play any part in it whatsoever, but we are bound. People can be bound by this fear. And, and Psalm 34.4 tells us this beautiful example of, in the fear, seek the Lord. In, in those moments... Seek him. He will deliver you from those. His word says, don't fear. The message, don't panic. He delivers us. And if that's not a stress, an opportunity for stress to be relieved, again, not, not removed, but relieved, I don't know what is, to know that, that I can seek the Lord. And here is why, here is why we do not fear. Here is why we do not panic. Because it says this, in Psalm, back to Isaiah, it says this, for I am with you. Do not fear, for I am with you. I am with you. God is with us. Psalm 23, 4 says this. It's a very famous psalm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Right? You know how it goes, right? I will fear no evil because, you with me so far? You remember this one? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I got a 4.0 in school. A lot of people stress out about a 4.0. 
That's great if you want to be a great student, but I promise you, when you are in the valley of the shadow of death, the 4.0 is not going to be what relieves the stress of your life. Not is going to be what rescues you, what saves you. I will fear no evil because I was on the varsity football team. Right? That's what will save you in the valley of the shadow of death because of that. Or varsity cheerleader. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I am the prettiest. Some people really stress out about their appearance, how they are seen, how they are perceived. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't hold any weight, any power in the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because I have a, a really big salary. I mean, it's huge. I mean, I, I'm almost embarrassed about how much money I get paid. In the valley of the shadow of death, it means nothing. But people are stressing out about this. I will fear, fear no evil because I am a member of the country club. It says, I will fear no evil. In the stresses of life, in, in the dark places, in the hard times, the psalmist wrote, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You, God, are with me. Nothing else matters. In the deepest, darkest moments, God is with me. That was the only thing the writer of this psalm was banking on, was holding on to, was trusting in. Jesus said words to us. He said to his disciples, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. There's promises from God that he will never leave us. And so think about this. We're following Isaiah here, right? For you are with me. Since God, the Almighty One, the creator of heaven and earth, since he is our God and since he is with us, I think this should really kind of put our stresses that we deal with in a little bit of a, a better perspective, I hope. Don't fear. Don't panic. For I am with you. And it goes on to say this. The next phrase in this verse. Do not be dismayed. And if I think there's a word to describe the emoji, that's it. That's dismayed right there. That's what, the wide-eyed. Dismayed. Don't be dismayed. And the definition of dismayed is to be discouraged, to be appalled. Can you see appall in this emoji? Horrified. Shocked. This is what God's word, this is what he's speaking to us about the stresses of life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I mean, think about those words, to be discouraged or appalled or horrified or shocked. Those aren't words that God uses to deal with his people, is it? Is that the way he approaches us? Is this the way he ministers to us? Is this the way he answers our prayers with shock? With, appall with, with being appalled? Does, is this, does he come along with discouragement? Is this how our God? No. These are not his words. This is not in his vocabulary. You know, we talked last week about anger. And we talked about letting anger in. And I gave you that. I offered the, the, the question is, are, are you letting Satan come and crash on your couch? Are you just letting him in? And it's the same here. This idea of, of horrified and shocked and appalled and discouraged. We have an enemy 
that wants to come in and, and, and we need to make sure we're not letting him in. Who's, and his aim, our enemy's aim is to, to get us down and to keep us down. And so words like being discouraged and appalled and horrified and shocked are totally words that he uses, are totally ways in which he wants to come after those of us that are followers of Jesus. This is in his vocabulary for sure. And God's word says, do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged. Do not be appalled. Do not be shocked. Do not be horrified. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, is talking about David. And it says this, David was greatly distressed. Because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. So there was extreme, there was jealousy going on, there was anger, there was all this going on here. And it says this, the end of the verse, but David found strength in the Lord his God. David found strength in him. Wouldn't you be a little bit stressed if you heard a group of people talking about throwing rocks at you until you died? I would be a little distressed. But David found strength in the Lord. David found strength in the Lord his God. He was greatly distressed. And so here's what I want to think about. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. God is present with us. His promises keep showing up over and over again. David found strength in the Lord. goes on in Isaiah for I am your God the promise I am your God this is a very personal word God to say to you I am your God notice it doesn't it's it's not it's not the believer who says to the Lord you are mine God speaking to us I am yours I am yours in a relationship between a husband and wife, between sweethearts. It might sound, you know, it, it's, you know, to say to the other one, you know, you're mine. But when you hear the other say to you, I am yours. See, that changes the perspective of the relationship. And God is saying, I am yours. I'm yours. I am yours. In Exodus, when Moses was, was afraid about addressing the people of God, Moses says, who, who do I tell them has, has sent me with this word that's about to rock their world? Who do I say? Because it's not me. And what does God say to Moses? He says, tell them, I am sent you. I am your God. I am your God, I am yours, almighty God, the great I am, who is love, is ours. And so think about this, if, if Jesus is our God, if he is our Lord, our Savior, then we can depend upon him. He says to us, I'm yours, I'm yours. Don't panic, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am yours. It goes on in Isaiah, I, for I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you. The Lord gives us strength. That's what David depended on. 
God gives us the grace to have peace in times when we don't, have you ever met someone and you're thinking, you have every reason to be like flipping out right now, but there is just an overwhelming peace upon them? And you're thinking, either they're on those horse tranquilizers or they know something, I don't know. Because the stress isn't removed from their life. It's not gone, but they have an overwhelming peace. And it is, that, is, that is not something that you can put in a bottle. It's not something a chemist can make up. That is the peace of God. And in, that, in those moments of extreme weakness, what's happening there is that God strengthens us. God, God takes, you know what, God takes the really difficult times. And, and again, like I said, we endure stress. We don't have it completely removed. And so I would like to think that, that God takes our stress, and he doesn't just completely throw it away, but he kind of recycles it. He uses it. He takes the difficult times, the hard times, the stressful times, and he just recycles it. So that when you see that person who you think, man, they have every reason to be losing it, and you see that peace, they're, they're still in the middle of it, but God has just kind of recycled it. That person is, is, is walking in the, the strength of the Lord, the promises of God, so that they're not le- leaning on themselves. They're not depending up completely on themselves. They know who they are in Christ. They know who their God is, their I am. They know who they belong to. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 12. Um, he's, he, oh, oh, talking about that, if you know the story of Paul, there's this thing that he dealt with. He called his thorn, the thorn in his side. And, and many, many people have debated on what this really was. Was it a person, a situation? What was it? Was it an illness? Don't really know. But this is what is said here. Three different times, this is Paul writing, I begged the Lord to take it away. This has never happened with us with stress, right? Lord God, please take it away. I, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak then I am strong. See, that's the recycling going on there. God strengthens us. God strengthens us in our dependence upon him. So we don't fear. We don't panic. God says this, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. Then he says this, I will help you. I will help you. You're not on your own. He doesn't just create this and go, good luck. I will be way up here watching. No, I will help you. Even when we are so stressed that it's difficult to pray, when the words that we might want to pray, when we are so broken and, 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 and in, in pain and that, that dark place, When the, when the only words that would come off our lips might not be words we would want to repeat. The Lord says he will help us. His word reminds us that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us when, when we can't do it ourselves. In Romans 8 it says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. 
in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. God promises to help us. We don't have to have it all figured out. And so whether our need is is physical or emotional or spiritual or relational, at home, at work, for a loved one, whatever it is, the, the promise remains true. I will help you. That's a good promise. He may not remove the problem, but the Holy Spirit will, will help us throughout the problem. He, he will work it out for our good. I will uphold you is the next phrase in this verse in Isaiah. The message says it this way, I'll hold you steady, I keep a firm grip on you. You know, we talk sometimes to people and we're like, you need to get a grip. You know, really what we need is we need, we need to let God get a grip on us. That's really, that's really what we need. We need to let God have a grip on us, to hold on to us. Because the stresses will happen, I think we've determined that. But they cannot separate us from the love of Christ. I mean, think about God having a firm grip on you in no, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation. Imagine God having this firm grip on you. Imagine him holding you right now and then hear these words out of Romans 8. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? He's got a grip on you. Imagine this. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us? If we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death, stressed, All those things would be quite stressful. Imagine he's got a grip on you, right? Listen to this. As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. The early believers understood this persecution. Imagine, okay, God's got a grip on you. Listen to these words. Verse 37, no. Can anything separate you from Christ's love? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Because he's got a firm grip on you. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. He's got a firm grip on you. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, he's got a firm grip on you. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's got a firm grip on you. He's got a firm grip on you. No matter what the circumstances appear to be, God loves us and we are never separated from him because of Christ Jesus. Close your eyes as I read Isaiah 41.10 together as we close out this morning. I want you just to hear this again. Let God's word speak to, to maybe the stresses right now or maybe the ones to come. 
Maybe the ones you just came through and you, you feel like you're in a place of victory. But remember, more will come. Hear these words. So do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Says the Lord God to you. Father, thank you for the truth of your word this morning. The promises that are there, the promises that are there for us to claim. God, forgive us for not claiming these promises. Forgive us for not, for not running to you and instead running to ourselves or somewhere else. You are God. You, you say to us, I am yours. There is nothing, there's absolutely nothing that separates us from your love. We only need to respond to it, run to it, claim it. So God, my prayer for each and every one of us here together this morning is that we would claim the unconditional love of your son, Christ Jesus. The one who bridges the gap between us and you, Lord God. The one who makes a way. The one who brings redeeming power and hope. That we would claim this relationship fully and completely. And we would, we would I, I don't want to use the word take advantage, but Lord, we would live into the promises that are there. Lord, you call us to, to not just get by in life, but to live into it fully and completely. Lord, help us to be an example and a hope and a light to those around us, even in our circumstances, God, that you would use those to show, shine light on your son Jesus. That even in the difficult times, God, that, that people would see you. That we would be one of those crazy people that, that, that people are going, how are you not losing it? And we know the answer. Because our hope is in Christ Jesus. God, we have absolutely nothing to fear. We don't have to be bound by it anymore. We can be set free. We don't have to be slaves to it anymore. pray we'll live into that now. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasa.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends. Thank you.